ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so now then we have arrived at the final lesson of Kitab al-Tawheed, the final chapter of Kitab al-Tawheed. After 79 lessons going through this book, we're now on the 80th lesson I believe, and the final chapter of Kitab al-Tawheed, alhamdulillah. It is the chapter, Bab ma jaa fi qawlillahi ta'ala, the chapter regarding what has been mentioned uh, regarding the statement of Allah, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ This particular ayah is referring to how the people have not understood or have not given the correct and the rightful status to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they have not given the true right to Allah. That is deserving of Allah for the might and majesty of Allah. And all of the earth will be in His grasp on the day of judgment. هذا الباب ختم به المؤلف رحمه الله أبواب كتاب التوحيد. This is the chapter which the author concludes his book with. لأنه يشتمل على الأسماء والصفات. Because this chapter mentions some of the names and attributes of Allah. لأن كتاب التوحيد كله يدور على توحيد الألوهية. Because all of this book majority or the majority part of this book it revolves around Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and not particularly Tawheed al-Asma'u wa Sifat, the names and attributes. However, in this chapter, there is mention of the names and attributes, as there was in the odd chapter, particularly that went by. So this chapter will mention some of the names and attributes or affairs linked to that. So we know the Shaykh says, Allahu athbata li nafsihi al-asma wa athbata lahu sifat Allah has affirmed for himself names and affirmed for himself attributes. Athbata lahu sam'a, the attribute of hearing, wal-basr, and seeing, wal-qudra, ability, wal-hayat, life, wal-ilm, knowledge, wal-wajh, the face, waliyadain, the hands. وَأَثْبَتَ لَهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى صِفَاتِ الْكَمَالِ And the attributes of perfection are attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the Qur'an, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَادْعُوهُ بِهَا وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ سَيُجْزَوْنَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Indeed Allah has the most beautiful and perfect of names. So call upon Allah via those names, 
and leave those, abandon those who make error, distort and deviate with regards to the names of Allah, they will be recompensed upon what they did. They will earn their due recompense for this evil of theirs. So in this chapter then, it mentions this ayah, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ That they have not given Allah His due right. وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ And the earth, all of it will be in His grasp on the Day of Judgment. This ayah then, هَذِهِ آيَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ فِيهَا عِبَرٌ وَعِضَاتٌ there is great admonition to be taken from this. وَأَنَّ هَذَا الْكَوْنِ بِسَمَائِهِ وَأَرْضِهِ وَجِبَالِهِ وَشَجَرِهِ وَمَائِهِ وَثُرَائِهِ وَجَمِيعِ الْمَخْلُقَاتِ يَجْعَلُهَا اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَلَىٰ أَصَابِعِهِ وَيَجْمَعُهَا فِي كَفَّيْهِ All of this great creation, the heavens, the earth, the trees, the mountains, everything, the rivers, the waters, all of this Allah will grasp it in His hand, in His fingers on that day. Allah will take all of this creation in His fingers, grasp it in His fingers on that day, in His hands. كَمَا صَحَّتْ بِذَلِكَ الْأَدِلَّةِ Just as the evidences have mentioned, فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ عَظَمَةِ اللَّهِ this indicates to you the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indicates to you the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He will grasp all of this creation, everything within it upon His fingers in His hand on that day. وَالسَّمَاوَاتُ مَطْوِيَّاتٌ بِيَمِينَهِ All of the heavens will be rolled up in His hand. مَنْ كَانَ يَقْدِرُ عَلَىٰ هَذِي الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا أَعْظَمَ مِنْهُ كل الكون بمن فيه كله حقير وصغير بالنسبة إلى خالقه. The one who is able to do this, then he is certainly greater than all else. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That all of this creation, everything you see is nothing in comparison to its creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when it mentions, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدَرِهِ Meaning that the people have not given the due right to Allah. هَذَا يَشْمَلْ كُلُّ مَنْ تَنَقَّصَ اللَّهِ This includes everyone who makes deficiency in Allah. فَإِنَّهُ مَا قَدَرَهُ حَقَّ قَدَرِهِ Then that person has not given that due right to Allah. فَيَدْخُلُ فِي ذَلِكَ الْجَاحِدُونَ الْمُعَطِّلُونَ الَّذِينَ نَفُونَ وَجُودَ اللَّهِ So this includes all of those atheists who deny the existence of Allah. That is clearly a deficiency to actually deny the existence of Allah and there is certainly the Creator that exists. And they are the ones that we mentioned before in a previous chapter. The ones who said, there is nothing other than this life of ours in this world. We die and we live and nothing destroys us except time. They were the ones saying there is nothing except the life of this world 
and nothing destroys us except time. We get old and we die and that's it. That's what they claimed. يَقُولُونَ لَيْسَ لَنَا رَبٌ يَتَصَرَّفُ فِينَا They would say there is no Lord who controls us. وَإِنَّمَا هَذَا الْوُجُودِ إِنَّمَا هُوَ نَتِيجَةُ الطَّبِيعَةِ وَالصُدْفَةِ They say all of this creation occurred by chance. All of this creation occurred by chance, by the Big Bang and whatever else. And they say there is no Lord. There is no Lord for it. وَإِنَّمَا يَتَفَاعَلُ هَذَا الْوُجُودِ بِنَفْسِهِ All of this creation created itself, sparked itself, they claim. فَتَتَكَوَّنُ هَذِي الْأَشْيَا مِنْ تَفَاعُلِ هَذَا الْكَوْنِ وَيَجْحَدُونَ وُجُودَ الْخَالِقِ So they say all of these things just occur by processes, natural processes, atoms and things, and they come together and all of this just created like that. And they say there is no creator. But Allah rebuked those people in the Qur'an. أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ Allah said, were they created from nothing? Or are they themselves the creators? Were they created from nothing? Or are they themselves the creators? أَمْ خَلَقُوا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Or did they create the heavens and the earth? بَلْ لَا يُقِنُونَ Rather, they do not have any iman certainty. Similarly, Allah rebuked them and said, وَمَا لَهُمْ بِذَلِكَ مِنْ عِلْمًا They do not have any certain knowledge of that. إِنْ هُمْ إِلَّا يَظُنُّونَ It is only something that they think. فَلَا يُتَصَوَّرْ وَلَا يُعْقَلْ أَنْ يُوجَدْ مَخْلُوقٍ بِدُونَ خَالِقٍ It cannot even be perceived or imagined or comprehended. That there can be a creation without a creator. This is only playing around upon stupidity in your minds. To say that the creation exists but there is no creator. It is like the example the Arabs they have are saying that if you go to the desert and you're walking around in deserted desert, no people, no cities for miles and miles. Lost in the middle of the desert. And all of a sudden you come across as you're walking along, some uh, camel droppings. What does this indicate to you? That at some point, not so long ago, there must have been a camel that went by from here. There must have been a camel that went by. If the camel droppings are there, indicates to you someone's been here, animals have been here, camels have been here. Nobody would say that droppings just appeared by themselves in the middle of the desert. Nobody would say that. The droppings indicate that the camel was there. So this is the example they give. All of this creation, it indicates to you that there is a creator. They mention that example of one of the scholars of the past when he had a meeting with the atheists to discuss these affairs. He was late for the appointment. So the atheist, they said to him, why were you late? Why are you late? He said, I was out on the ocean and my ship was wrecked. There was a storm and we were left stranded out in the ocean. But then he said, Alhamdulillah, because of the storm, there was a lot of gusts and winds and the shore wasn't too far from where we were. We were close inland, not too far off. And so the wind and the gusts and the storms, they blew the branches off the trees. Trees fell down and branches were smashed off. And the wind blew those branches around in the air. The branches crashed into each other. 
coincidentally making the shape of a boat and they fell next to us. So then we got into that and we rowed back to land and I got here just a bit late. They said, are you mocking us? Are you mocking us? This is your excuse for being late. Do you really believe or do you really think that we will believe you? Branches can be blown off by the wind and they can crash into each other just in the exact right way to make the shape of a boat without any holes. And then you got into that and you were rowing back to land. You want us to believe that? The wind cannot blow branches and crash them together coincidentally perfectly into the shape of a boat without holes in it. So then the Muslim scholar said to them, in that case, if you do not believe that the wind can crash a few branches together and make the shape of a boat, how on earth do you believe that this whole earth made itself without a creator? And so he refuted them straight away. They did not believe that a boat could make itself by branches being blown about in the wind and hitting each other and crashing into each other and interlocking into the shape of a boat. They knew that can't happen. So he said to them, if you don't believe that can happen, something so minor, a little boat, then how do you believe this whole huge creation made itself without a creator? So that is a rebuke of those types of people. فَلَا أَوْ فَلَا عَاقِلَ فِي الدُّنْيَا يَتَصَوَّرْ أَنَّ هَذَا الْكَوْنُ وُجْدَ بِدُونِ خَالِقٍ there is nobody in reality who uh, will believe that all of this, uh, all of this creation created itself without any type of, or uh, without any creator. Then, it goes on to mention, the Shaykh says, فَاللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى هُوَ الْمُنْفَرِدُ بِالْخَلْقِ Allah is the one who creates solely, He alone. وَلَا أَحَدَ نَازَعَ اللَّهِ فِي ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْجَبَابِرَ وَالْمُتَكَبِّرِينَ وَالْكَفَرَ وَالْمُلْحِدِينَ Nobody tried to oppose that in history. Nobody tried to oppose the fact that Allah is the creator. Nobody claimed that for themselves. Nobody claimed they could even create a fly for themselves. Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَنْ يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا لَهِ All these that you call upon besides Allah, they would not even be able to create a fly, even if all of them got together to try and do it. They would not even be able to create a fly. هَذَا تَحَدٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَحَدٍ لِجْمِعِ الْخَلْقِ بِوَنْ فِيهِمْ الْمَهَرَ وَالْمَهَنْدِسُونَ وَالْخُبَرَاءَ أَنْ يُخْلِقُوا this is a challenge, a challenge from Allah to all of those experienced ones in this world, all of the scientists, create a living thing. Can anybody create a living thing? Nobody is able to create a living thing from nothing. Nobody is able to create a living thing from nothing. They create robots and they create machines, but they cannot even create a living fly ever. They would not be able to do that by themselves without any... With a, uh, uh, without any means that they have. They would not be able to create anything of that nature. So Allah says, even if all of them got together, they wouldn't even be able to create a fly. So this indicates that Allah is the creator alone. There is no doubt that anything in creation it requires a creator to have made it. And ما أحد ادعى أنه خلق شيئا من السماوات ولا من الأرض والتحدي قائم من اليوم القيامة. 
And nobody ever claimed that they have the ability to create. So this is something which uh, remains uh, as a challenge open to the people. They will never be able to create even a fly, even if they got all together to do it. Also the meaning of somebody not giving the due right to Allah or understanding the might and majesty of Allah is the one who sins. مَا قَدَرَ اللَّهِ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ مَنْ عَصَ اللَّهِ وَارْتَكَبَ مَا حَرَّمَ اللَّهِ مِنَ الْمَعَاصِي وَتَرَكَ مَا أَوْجَبَ اللَّهِ مِنَ الطَّاعَاتِ A person who leaves the obligations upon him and performs the sins, then that type of individual has not understood and has not given the due right to Allah, not given the due might and majesty to Allah, that he belittles the affair of the religion and he commits the sins and he does not fulfill the obligations. So by opposing the commandments that have come to him, then it is an indication that he has not given the due right to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shaykh gives an example. In this world, if a person rebels against the leader, he rebels against the leader and attacks the leader. What does this indicate about this rebel? That he doesn't really give much respect to the leader, doesn't give any status to the leader, thinks he can rebel and goes out and rebels. That indicates his belittlement of the leader. The same with a believer. A believer rebels and commits sins and does not fulfill the obligations, then it is indicating that you have not given that due right and honor and respect to your Creator. By belittling the rulings that have been given to you, by not following the commandments that have been prescribed upon you. And the Shaykh says, no doubt the people are different levels with regards to this. Some people they will sin more, some people they sin less, some people may fall into greater affairs, and some people fall into lesser affairs. But this is something which occurs. Then the narration of Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu qal, Jaa'a habrun min al-ahbari ila rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal, That a rabbi, a rabbi, a rabbi came to the Prophet sallallahu and he said, Ya Muhammad, inna najid anna allaha yaj'alu samawati ala isba'a. He said, we find that Allah will place all of the heavens upon one finger. وَالْأَرَضِينَ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعٍ And all of the earths upon one finger. وَالشَّجَرَ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعٍ And the trees upon one finger. وَالثُرَىٰ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعٍ And the thura which may refer to the ground upon one finger. وَصَائِرُ الْخَلْقَ عَلَىٰ الْإِسْبَعٍ And all of the rest of the creation upon uh, a finger. فَيَقُولْ أَنَا الْمَلِكِ And then he will say, I am the king. In this narration up to this point, it is mentioned that a rabbi came to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said to him, Ya Muhammad, this is the way they used to address the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Jews used to say, Ya Muhammad. And sometimes they may say, Ya Abul Qasim. His kunya Abul Qasim. But they never used to say, O Prophet of Allah. 
Oh, Messenger of Allah. They never used to address him in that way because they used to reject the messengership of the Prophet ﷺ out of envy. Because they wanted that final messengership to come from their lineage. Yet it came from the lineage of the Arabs. So from their envy, they used to reject the messengership of the Prophet ﷺ. So they never used to say to him, O Prophet of Allah, O Messenger of Allah. Whenever they came, the Jews, and they addressed the Prophet ﷺ, they would say, O Muhammad. Oh, Abu Qasim, Abu Qasim. That's how they would refer to him. Allah mentioned in the Quran about them. الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاهُمْ وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ لِيَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ That those individuals who we gave the book to, they know it like they know their own sons. But indeed a group of them, they conceal the truth and they know. They conceal the truth and they know. And this is their state of affairs. غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Those whose Allah's anger is upon. And they are the ones who conceal the truth. They conceal the truth. They knew that Muhammad Wasallam is the messenger of Allah. They knew that. They knew Muhammad Wasallam is the messenger of Allah. And the prophet of Allah. But they rejected that out of arrogance and envy. And envy for the Arabs. They envied the Arabs too. Because they wanted that prophethood to come from Bani Israel. But the final messenger was not from that lineage. So they didn't want him to be from Bani Ismail. They wanted him to be from Bani Israel. But the final messenger Muhammad was from the lineage of Bani Ismail. So this was something which was of great envy to them too. So this Jew, he said, we find that Allah, meaning in the Torah, we find when he's talking about these facts, he says, we find these narrations mentioned in the Torah that Allah will place all of the heavens in one finger, upon one finger, and all of the earths upon one finger, and all of the trees, all of the trees of the world and the oceans and every tree upon a finger, and the thara, meaning the earth, the soil, all of that upon one finger, and everything which is below the soil, beneath the soil, all of that upon a finger. وَسَائِرُ الْخَلْقَ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعَ And all of the remainder of the creation upon a finger. فَهَذِهِ خَمْسَ These are five fingers therefore. جَمِعُ الْمَخْلُقَاتِ All of the creation will be upon five fingers. All of the creation from above and below. Everything will be upon five fingers. Then Allah will say, أَنَا الْمَلِكِ I am the king. And nobody will dispute Allah with that. Nobody will dispute Allah. That Allah is the king. That Allah is the one in authority, the mighty and majestic on the day of judgment. Nobody will dare to oppose that and nobody will at all. Allah says in the Quran, He will say, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ Who does the kingdom belong to today? On the day of judgment. Who does this kingdom belong to today? ثُمَّ يُجِيبُ نَفْسَهُ Then Allah will say, لِلَّهِ It belongs to Allah, الْوَاحِدِ الْقَحَارِ and nobody will dispute that and nobody will attempt to oppose that whatsoever. Because the kingdom of the people, it is temporary. The kingdom of the people is temporary. The kingdom of the kings of this world is temporary. They have their kingdom for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years and they die. They're gone. And even the kingdom, if it's passed on, it's passed on. Eventually maybe the whole kingdom comes to an end. So these are temporary kingdoms. You've seen in history how people, they ruled large parts of the world, 
and slowly they declined and they disappeared. Their kingdoms, they fell apart. So these are kingdoms that are temporary. As for the kingdom of Allah, it is absolute. So when the Jew mentioned these things, the Prophet ﷺ laughed. Dhahika. فَضَحِكَ النَّبِيُّ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet ﷺ laughed. حَتَّى بَدَتْ نَوَاجِذَهُ تَصْدِيقًا لِقَوْلِ الْحَبْرِ He laughed until his teeth became visible. Even to the inner teeth, to laugh. Open the mouth and to laugh until the teeth they become apparent. And this is mentioned in the hadith because it was from the characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ that he would not normally laugh like that. He wouldn't normally laugh like that. That's like a large type of laughing where all of the teeth can be seen laughing in a large manner. The Prophet ﷺ would rarely laugh like that. So in this narration it mentions he laughed in that manner. Why? As an affirmation of the Jew that you're right. This is exactly it. This is true. So in affirmation of the Jew, the Prophet ﷺ laughed in this way. ثُمَّ قَرَأَ and then he recited upon him, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدَرِهِ They have not given that due right to Allah. وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And all of this earth will be in his grasp on that day. So initially the Prophet laughed because he was happy. He was happy with what he heard. Because what the Jew was telling him was exactly what was in the Qur'an. That this will be all in the grasp of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. So his uh, teeth, they became apparent. Because normally it's mentioned, the Prophet ﷺ used to laugh, which was more like a smile. It was a smile how he used to laugh normally. Not in this manner of actually laughing how we understand laughing to be. So this was something more in his laugh on this occasion. So this was because it was an affirmation of what the Jew was mentioning. It is true and it is in the Qur'an what was mentioned by the Jew here about all of the creation being in the grasp of Allah on that day. So this was something which the Torah mentioned that was in the Qur'an, affirmed by the Qur'an. And the Qur'an, the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur, the Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa, all of these are prophets' books. All of them are revelations from Allah. And the distortion that occurred in the Torah and the Injil, etc., it did not occur from the prophets themselves, it occurred from the people after them. The Jews, the Christians, and the people after them, they brought about all of the distortion in those books. But originally, all of these books are the speech of Allah. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah, the Torah, the Zabur, all of these books were the speech of Allah. All of them revelation. But then afterwards, they were distorted and changed from their origin. In the narration of Muslim, it says, وَالْجِبَالُ وَالشَّجَرُ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعُ وَالْجِبَالُ وَالشَّجَرُ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعُ ثُمَّ يُهَزْهُنَّ يَهُزُّهُنَّ فَيَقُولْ أَنَا الْمَلِكُ أَنَا اللَّهِ And the mountains and the trees will be upon a finger, then he will shake them and say, I am the king, I am Allah. This again indicates the greatness and the majesty of Allah. In the narration of Bukhari, يَجْعَلُ السَّمَاوَاتِ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعُ He will make all of the heavens upon a finger. وَالْمَاءُ وَثُرَىٰ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعُ And the waters and the ground and the soil upon a finger. وَسَائِرُ الْخَلْقِ عَلَىٰ إِسْبَعُ And the remainder of the creation upon a finger. وَلِمُسْلِمْ And in the hadith of Muslim, يَطْوِ اللَّهَ السَّمَاوَاتِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ All of the heavens will be folded up on the day of judgment. All of the heavens will be folded up on the day of judgment. ثُمَّ يَأْخُذُونَ بِيَدِهِ الْيُمْنَىٰ Then he will take them. يَأْخُذُهُنَّ 
He will take them in his right hand. الملك, he will say, I am the king. Where are those people who consider themselves to be big? Where are those arrogant ones, the big ones, the haughty ones who thought themselves that way? Then he will fold up the seven earths upon a finger. Then he will take them with his left hand rather. Then he will take them with his left. Even though we know from the aqidah, which is what we plan to study next, regarding the left hand, it is mentioned both hands of Allah are the right hand. Meaning there is no deficiency in the hands of Allah. But then he will say, I am the king. Where are those uh, people who thought themselves to be lofty and thought themselves to be big? Where are those people today? It is also mentioned from Ibn Abbas, قال ما السماوات السبع والأرضون السبع في كف الرحمن إلا كخردلة في يد أحدكم. The seven heavens and the seven earths are nothing in comparison in the hand of Allah except if you have like a seed in your hand. You have one grain of oat in your hand. That's how it is the comparison of all of this heavens and the earth in the hand of Allah. So this again indicates a great deal, a great deal of the majesty and the might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that all of this creation, it is like how we would hold one grain or one seed in your hand. That is all of this creation, this universe, everything you see in the grasp of Allah on that day. So that is the might and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that other narration it mentions all of this, or rather the, the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah is like a ring in a desert. All of this creation, everything compared to the footstool of Allah is like a ring in a desert. The desert is the footstool, we are just a ring. That is the comparison. And then the footstool, if you compare that to the throne of Allah, the footstool becomes just like a ring in a huge desert. So imagine those comparisons like that. Then imagine trying to compare all of this creation to the throne of Allah then. It doesn't even compare a speck, a speck. Compared to that great throne of Allah, and that is the creation of Allah. So therefore, what do you consider of the creator of all of that creation? This is the might and the majesty of Allah. وقال ابن جرير ابن جرير said, حدثني يونس أخبرنا ابن وهب قال قال ابن زيد حدثني أبي قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما السماوات سبع في الكرسي إلا كدراهم سبعة ألقيت في ترس the seven heavens compared to the throne of Allah are nothing other than like seven darahim, seven coins thrown out into the desert. Thrown out uh, onto the land, that is all the example of them is. Al-Qa'a al-Mustadir, what's the word they give? For the turs, that these seven heavens compared to the throne of Allah, or compared to the footstool of Allah rather, Vast round shaped plate, that's all they say. So, this example though is to highlight how small this creation is compared to the greatness of what Allah has created and therefore the greatness of the Creator. Because if this creation is so big and great and universes and planets, then what about the Creator? 
The Creator is far greater than the creation. وقال أبو ذر رضي الله عنه سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ما الكرسي في العرش إلا كحلقة من حديد ألقيت بين ظهراني فلات من الأرض. This is the example given now that the throne, that the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah is only like a ring thrown in a desert. The ring is the size of the footstool of Allah. The throne of Allah is the desert compared to it. Huge. And then it mentions, it goes on to say, from Ibn Mas'ud, بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا وَالَّتِي تَلِيهَا خَمْسِ The heaven, the first heaven, going up to the second heaven, the distance between them is like 500 years. 500 years gap from the first level of the heavens the first skies to the second skies to the second levels of the heavens. And then from the second to the next, another 500 years of gap. And from that to the next, another 500 years of gap. Between the seventh heaven and the footstool of Allah, after the seventh heaven, then it's the footstool of Allah, then that is a gap of 500 years. And between the footstool of Allah and the water that is above it is a gap of 500 years. And between that, or rather, on top of that water then is the throne of Allah, and Allah is above all of that. The throne of Allah is the highest thing in creation. You have the heavens, the skies, one level, next level, next level, seven levels of them. The seven heavens. On top of that is the footstool of Allah, on top of that is the water that is mentioned, on top of that is the throne. And the throne is the ceiling of all of this creation, then Allah is above all of that, above all of the creation. لا يخفى عليه شيء من أعمالكم and nothing is hidden from Allah from what you do. Nothing is hidden from Allah of the actions that you perform. Then it's mentioned from Al-Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib قال قال رسول الله ﷺ هل تدرون كما بين السماء والأرض؟ he said, do you know how much is the gap between the heavens and the earth, between the sky and the earth? They said, Allah and His Messenger knows best. Between them is the travel of 500 years worth. And between every sky after that, every heaven to heaven is 500 years worth. وَكَثْفُ كُلِّ سَمَاءِ And the depth, thickness, what do they say? Thickness. The thickness and the depth of these heavens is, as it mentions, كَثْفِ كُلِّ سَمَاءِ بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ السَّابِعُ الْعَرْشِ بَحْرِ it is like 500 years worth too. 500 years of depth. And between the seventh heaven and the throne is an ocean. The bottom of the ocean to the top of the ocean is like the gap between the heavens and the earth. 500 years worth. Wallahu ta'ala fawqa thalika. Allah is above all of that. وَلَيْسَ يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ مِنْ أَعْمَالِ بَنِي آدَمٍ And nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the actions of His servants from Bani Adam. So what we benefit from this is to accept the truth that has come here 
and that these narrations they highlight to us the greatness and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indicating how Allah will grasp all of this earth in his hand on that day everything will be controlled by Allah he will be the king he is the king and he will say I am the king where are the other kings where are those arrogant and big people and nobody will oppose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day nobody will have any authority on that day they will all be in need of the mercy of Allah on that day so this indicates to you the greatness and the might and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looking at those examples of the distances of the heavens and the earth distances and size of the footstool and the throne indicates to you the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if you look at the creation of the hellfire how there will be almost 5 billion angels dragging it on that day 5 billion angels almost 4.9 billion angels dragging it on that day such is the significance of the creation of Allah so what therefore of the creator so this is where kitab at-tawhid finishes on this final chapter mentioning those points regarding the greatness and the might and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that brings us to the end of the studies for this particular book and it is a book of vital importance it is one of the key books a person doesn't understand this book then he is deprived of a great deal of knowledge and he is in a great deal of ignorance this book gives you a great amount of knowledge regarding your tawheed regarding understanding the tawheed so it is a book you must continuously revise and continuously go over chapter by chapter so that you know it continuously revise it we have done this now over a period of 80 sessions 2 years approximately so this is something that requires revision you must go over the chapters must go over and learn it properly and never forget this book every chapter is of importance it teaches the tawheed to a person so that is where we'll conclude then the end of that book next week will be a general reminder regarding ramadan so this is where we'll conclude for now wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in